this day, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity to serve you, the opportunity to give you praise and to give you glory corporately this morning as we worship you and thank you. Father, we do thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love for us. And that no matter what happens in our life, your love is always there. It always has been. All we have to do is reach out and reach up. And you touch us. And I thank you for that this morning, Lord. I thank you for all your many blessings, Lord. Everything that you're doing in and through us. Looking through the corridors of this world, Lord, we just look to you. Give you praise and glory and honor, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Good to have you with us this morning. You may be seated. Those who are, we welcome everybody and those who are online and who are watching through the internet. We just thank God that we have all kinds of opportunities to reach out and to, do, to go. I am... Um, this, this week has been all kinds of things going on and with, with, with us and busy. It seems like it's just busy, busy, busy. Anybody ever feel that way? Sometimes it's just, you know, and, um, but um, we've been busy and things are going on. And I am um, just been really saying, Lord, you know, what shall I do? What, what do you what would what would what's the word you would have me to bring in, and um, <laughs> it was it was during one of the days when I was like, and the Lord said, "I really feel like speaking to me worship," and I'm like, "I don't feel like worshiping today that much." You know what I'm saying? You you get hear what, what I'm saying in a moment? Not that I didn't feel it. It's just like things were just kind of like, but you know what? That's what brings us up out of that place. It's when we begin to praise and to give him glory and begin to let what's on the inside of us come out and praise him, then that's when we can really begin to see his light. So, and then I was telling Robert this morning, and I think I mentioned it, Peggy, it's like everything that came about this morning, oh, I have to make a confession. I didn't take that picture. You know who took it. Miss Peggy took it. On the, we were coming in and she said, when you get to the driveway, stop. I said, okay. She said, because there's always a beautiful sunrise behind the church. Well, praise God it was. If you hadn't seen it, go on Facebook, look, uh, wherever. And um, just a beautiful color. It does, there is a beautiful sunrise behind. And it was just right over the building. And it was just like, and that scripture came to me. I put in there about you know, the skies praising him, the, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars, everything giving him praise. And God just, God knows how to confirm stuff in your spirit and in your heart and to you. And then one of my friends, I got it in here, I'll read it when it's time to read it, but he, I, I, you know, I turned on the thing, I turned up Facebook, I don't even know if I turned it on yesterday at all. I, I'm, you know, I don't do it every day, I go in spurts. And I turned it up, and here he was writing something on worship. And I'm like, wow. And then I pick up, let me get it, sorry. I'm going to go off the camera, I know. Don't get excited. Don't get upset too much. <laughs> I, um, then I pick up the, the, our little word for the day. If you don't have one of these, there's plenty of them out there. Get one, take it home. It's just a little small thing. They're out in the foyer. They're everywhere. But listen to this. This is for today. And this kind of goes along with this. God's just so great and so awesome, and he loves to confirm his word in us. Amen. As a boy working in the temp temple, Samuel didn't recognize God's voice when he spoke to him. But later as a prophet, he was the portal through which God spoke to an entire nation. Learning to recognize God's voice isn't a skill that's acquired overnight because he speaks to us at different times in different ways and in different settings. Recognizing God's voice, number one, calls for spiritual maturity. Jesus said the sheep follow him for they know his voice. That's John 10, 4. Note, he said his sheep, not his lambs, know his voice. Baby sheep follow adult sheep until their senses are trained. That means there's grace for the immature. So if your spiritual ears aren't developed yet, God will work with you until they are. Means, number two, means not 
being limited by your previous experiences. When God spoke to Moses, a mountain shook, whereas he spoke to Elijah in a still small voice. Don't limit God and don't try to figure him out. Amen. He can speak to you through, through your Bible, through those qualified to teach his word, through a song, through a painful situation, and through, those qualif and, and through your thoughts and desires when you're submitted to him. The key is to stay close to God and to keep your receiver turned on. Means being, the third one it means is being obedient. David said, I take joy in doing your will when it comes to recognizing God's voice and your response. When I get around to it, if I can fit in, I'll think about it. Read this, and if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity in their years in pleasure. So it's talking about hearing God's voice and listening to his voice, and that's a part of worship. We'll talk about that. Everything we do should be worship to God. It's not just coming in here and singing. It's not just what you do riding down the road by yourself or whatever. It's, it's, it's everything. So I want to give you, um, this is a definition I got from several different, I just looked at the word worship in different ways, and this is my ending definition. Worship is an act of deep respect, love, awe, and esteem rendered to God. So it, it's, you know, it's your love. It's, it's what's inside of you. It's, it's your respecting him and your esteeming him that you do that to render praise to him and to render to God. So that's what worship, worships, like I said, not just singing, not just raising your hands, not just doing those things, but it's who you are on the inside. Psalm 70 verse 4 in the King James Version said, let all those who... Um, that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee and let such as love thy salvation say continually let God be magnified. When are you supposed to do that? Continually. Let God be magnified. And, and, you know, let, in other words, magnification, you take something, you know, when, 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 when you get older, you have to have something to magnify, these, especially these little words. And um, he said, well, you don't wear reading glasses. You're right. But I wear reading contacts. Sorry. I, everybody thought I just had great eyesight. Like, but I do. That's the only problem I have is the reading. But so it magnifies it and it brings it out. So we should be a magnification of who God is. In us, we should be. People should look at us and see, oh, that's what God. So we, and that's why I put in the last part of that scripture, let God be magnified in bigger letters. And the word magnify means to cause to be held in greater esteem or respect, to increase in significance, to intensify. So we're to be in, in an intensity of who God is. In other words, people, like I said, should look at us and realize who God is. And you say, well, I don't always do it right. Nobody does. But we should at all times try to be what he is and let our life be a magnification who God is. That's a way of worshiping in him is to magnify who he is, magnify what is on the inside of you. And then in, um, in the New Living it says, but may all who search you, and it's the same Psalm 70 verse four, search for you, be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, God is great. Everybody say, God is great. God is great. Amen. God is great. You, you know, um, that used to be, um, when I was growing up, that was our little blessing that we did as kids. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for his food. Anybody remember doing that? <laughs> so God is great. Great means better than good. All right? You like my English, don't you? Great means better than good. It's better than good. God is better than good. And in my life, no matter what's going on, God is better than good. Amen? So, you know, most of the time when you ask me how I'm doing, I'll probably say, I'm great. For the most part. Instead of I'm good, because I'm great because God is great inside of me. And he brings it out. So, so we need to worship him. God is great. And then in uh, the NIV, Psalm 70, verse 4 says, But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for you, for your saving help, always say, The Lord is great. 
How often? Continually. Always say, the Lord is great. You know, I, I knew, used to know somebody, and they'd be like, how's the Lord treating you? Remember that? People asking you that? And I was, you know, I'm like, good. <laughs> he treats me good. And, and I, you know, people say, well, it's not too good today. Well, how's the Lord treating Not the world. Not what's going on. But how's God treating you? He's treating me good. You know, if, if I have nothing else to praise him about, nothing else to magnify him about, I have the, 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 to, to know that he has saved me. He has rescued me from this death. From, from death. I don't have to worry about death because in my spirit, man, there is no death. This body will go, but my spirit, man, will live forever and with him. Amen? Wow. With him. So, I, you know, I, I don't have any qualms about, yeah, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to leave my family and my friends and all that kind of stuff. But when that time comes, I'm going to be, woo, hallelujah. Where, you know, I'll be with him. You know, as Paul said, it's just, it's just like a jacket. If I had a jacket, I'd do it. You know, I've done that before. You, you know, you just like you fought, the jacket falls off of you. And you just keep going, but the jacket's gone. The, the outer shell, this human body's gone, but the spirit man lives on. That's something to rejoice about. That's something to say the Lord is great. I mean, now in the Psalms 70 verse 4, in the, the Passion Translation, but let all who passionately seek you erupt with excitement. I like that. Enjoy over what you've done. Let all... Your devoted lovers who continually rejoice in the Savior say aloud, how great and glorious is our God. Continually rejoice in the Savior. So your rejoicing is in Jesus Christ, right? Who is your Savior. I love that first part. Seek Those who passionately seek you erupt with excitement and joy. I get excited. Some people don't like when you get excited. Just calm down. You make me nervous. Well, if I'm making you nervous, you need to figure something out. <laughs> Why am I getting nervous about him being excited about God? I don't know. But I get excited about Jesus. I'm excited about what he's doing. You know, I was in here this morning, and I, I do come early and, and drag Peggy. She's like half asleep most of the time. But, you know, thank the Lord I have a couch in my office and she gets her little blanket and that little fake fireplace in there and turns it on so it looks like it's warm. It will throw some, a little bit of heat out. And then she just, she's off to sleep. And I come in here and I, I, I usually pray and I, I was praying this morning and I, I just got so excited because what I could see in the spirit realm, Amen. I could see this place full of people that are worshiping God. I'm telling you, people are going to start running to God because there's nothing else to run to much anymore, right? There's nothing else in this world to run to but Jesus. And when we start seeing who Jesus really is and when we, the church, begin to worship him and they see us worshiping him in spirit and in truth, and we'll talk about that in a moment, they're going to come to, they're going to want to know what's going on. Amen? They're going to want to know what's going on in your life. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. If you notice in, in the Psalms and in, he, in here, it's how often? Continually. All the time. Day in, day out. Hour in, hour out. And you're not... I didn't have this in there, but you're not like in, in Corinthians when Paul said, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. In everything. He didn't say for everything, right? You don't have to, you don't thank him for those bad things, but in the midst of it, give him thanks. It says for this is the will of God. You know what that will do to you? It will keep you strong. See, Jesus you know, he took on everything in his body that we could ever think of, ever feel, ever anything. And so he knew that we would have times. He knew that he had to give thanks in the midst of what he was going through. 
but he didn't do it because it was going through. He, do it, he did it because he knew his God and he knew what God was doing. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. I'll tell you, I was, um, you know how those little memory things pop up on Facebook? Something popped up and somebody had sent me a little note. I guess I was teaching on what comes out of your mouth, according to, evidently. The fruit of our lips should be giving him praise. What comes out of your mouth means something. Your confession means something. You can confess, oh, it's going to be horrible. This is going to be a terrible place and a terrible world. Or you can confess that, you know what? My God is greater than all this stuff. My God is bigger than all this stuff. My God is over everything. And I'm going to rise up and I'm going to be a light and a beacon to the world around me. When somebody says, you know what? God's got this thing. I love, I, I say that a lot. Somebody, me and Peggy will say it to each other. We were praying the other night about something. I said, God's got this thing. Even though in the natural it doesn't look like it. But if we continue to pray, he says he, he hears our prayers and he answers us. Hallelujah. And then in um, Psalms 95, 6, he says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. The, I think there's a time in worship, it's probably as much in, in private worship, and we'll talk about that in a moment, as it is in any kind of worship. But there's a time when you just need to fall on your knees and thank God. I mean, I've had times in here, you know, especially when I'm in here, it's really cool to be in here in the morning by yourself. And I'm praying and I have just fell to my knees like, Lord, thank you. When I think of how awesome he is and, and, and just fall on my knees and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. First Chronicles 16, 29. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his presence. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Splendor. I almost said splendor. See, and, and, and we do our offering in this church because of, partially because of the scripture. We believe that offering is a worship. He says, bring your offering and come into his presence and worship him. So offering is a part of worship. And that's why we do that. If you ever wondered, that's why we do that. Because, and it's not to be a show or anything. It's just say, Lord, I'm, thank you. Here's my worship because that's part of his scripture. There's several places in scripture where it talks about offering being a worship to God. That's all. You know, our, our, our tithing statement, what part of it says that giving is an act of worship to be done willingly, cheerfully, and generously. And it's this, if you go back in scripture and call me sometime, I can give you, but all this tithing statement comes straight out of the scripture. Straight out of his word. So that's a part of, offering is a part of our worship. That's why you, when you bring it out, you ought to be excited. I'm excited that I can give to him. Amen. I'm excited that I am able to give in any way I can, not just monetarily, but, but physically. I love to be able to honor God in everything that I am. Not just part of it. It's, it's not all about that. So, there are three ways that we worship, can worship and we should worship him. There are three general ways that I am going to talk about. First is privately. Or you could say, people, some people in the prayer closet. There is a time, you must have, a, everyone needs a time of personal worship. Everybody needs a prayer closet. Everybody needs a place they can get away from anything and everybody else and all the noise and all the everything and just worship God. That's probably one of the most places you can do it unhinged, unfinged. You can just say, wow, I love you, Lord. I praise you, God. You know, I've heard some people say, well, you don't want to hear me sing. Well, God, God loves you singing whether you can sing or not. So when you're by yourself, do it by yourself then. You know, and just sing to him. It's melody to him. May not be to me and you, 
So you, you need a time of personal worship. You need a time that you can just get before the Lord by yourself and just praise him. And, you know, and I'm not talking about asking him for something. And there's time to do that. But there's a time that our private time, our prayer closet ought to be just worship and praise to him. Thank, I, I, you know, thank God for your life. Thank God that what he's given you. Thank God for what he's doing in the midst of it all. Thank God for peace when people around you can't, don't know how to have peace. And you know, when we come to him privately, you know, he, he can, that's when we begin to listen and hear his voice. Because when we're praising and worshiping him, we, we can hear his voice in our inner man, and in our spirit man. And that's how we begin to this conversation with him. And we begin to see what prayer is all about. Prayer is conversation with God. It's not just spouting out some words or, or repeating some prayer that we know. And that's okay. But it's talking to him. It's talking to him in, in your language. You know what I mean? It's talking to him like you talk. To, it's your language. It's your way of talking. You know, everybody, every place, every country, everybody has their language, right? And I'm not just talking about English. I'm talking about the way you talk. Hey, God, I love you. It doesn't have to be, oh, thou worshipful art. Father, and that's okay, but it's I'll talk to him like Bill Knight talks, you know. Hey Lord, it's me. I'm here. I just want to praise you this morning. I just want to give you praise. I don't I'm not here to ask for anything. I'm just here to thank you. We need to have that time in our life. We need to have that private time, that private place where it's just you and him. And you know what happens is, as I said, you learn to hear his voice. And then when you're in those times when things are going on, everything's going around, you hear that voice. You go, whoa, whoa wait a minute. God's talking to me. Let me hear what he's got to say. This will, and you know what? This, having that private worship, was that the Lord speaking to you or something? <laughs> Is that how he talks to you? <laughs> we all heard that now. You better listen. <laughs> this private worship, this private worship, it will lead to a better and a more fulfilled corporate worship. So when we come to worship together, we already know how to do it, right? Amen. We know how to worship God. So we don't come in going like, well, I don't know how to do it. No, we know how to worship God. And it's okay in corporate worship, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. It's okay to worship God the way you worship him. Let's just go to corporate worship. And what is corporate worship? It's just joining together with other believers and lifting our voices and our hands and praising him however you praise him. Give those around you the... Um, I gotta say the leniency, whatever. Give them the right to worship God the way they want to worship. Well, I don't like the way they, they they're too, a little bit too loud for me. It's okay. If you're really worshiping God, you don't you don't, it's okay. You don't hear that, right? You're just worshiping God. You know, who knows? They might rub off on you. You might start worshiping loud as they are. And then, you know, <laughs> God's worship just You know, in corporate worship, mostly in corporate worship, we, we sing and praise God, right? Just like we just did. We gave him thanks for, for loving us so much that, that he just was willing to throw off everything for us. He's willing to just go. And you know, when we're, we're, we're sharing with each other our feelings of great joy for what God has done for us. Hallelujah. I'm excited about him and what he's doing. That's what we need to do. We need to um, know that, and sometimes our worship, probably more than you know, it not only touches God, but it lifts others up. When they see you can worship like that and you can worship unfinished, and you know what that means, just boom. 
with everything loosed, you, you can worship him, it will lift other people up. Hopefully when you come in to worship, if you're feeling a little bit whatever, when you get in there and everybody's worshiping and, and, and excited about Jesus, that it will lift you up out of that place. I think that's part of the reason for that. It lifts you out of that pray, place. It, it, it not only touches God, it's not only, it lifts up those around you. Because, you know, just as that lifts it up, the opposite is if, you, if, if everybody, we came in here, we're just like, oh, God. That, that, that's infectious, right? It'll get everybody. So worship is infectious too. Some great worship to God, it infects everybody. It lifts people's spirit up instead of bringing them down. See, what the enemy wants you to do is focus on what's going on, focus on your problems, focus on all those things, and then come in and he wants you to rub that off on somebody else. Because he knows if he can get everybody in here down, then it's not going to work too good, right? You say, well, what if I really don't feel like it? That, that's not being truthful. Yes, it is. I worship God whether I feel like it or not. So when you begin to worship, it lifts you up and then lift those around you up. Corporately, together. You know, uh, it, the words also says in Psalms, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. So come in thanking God. You know, sometimes I think we ought to have people at the door when it comes, what do you got to thank God for today? And everybody be, uh, 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 not everybody, but you know what I'm saying? And then he begin to think, well, I thank God that I'm just here. I thank God that I'm alive. I thank God that I'm saved. Thank God that I'm filled with the spirit. I thank God that he loves me. And by the time you get from that foyer, which is the outer court, to these doors right here, you ought to be ready to worship him, right? And you come in with praise, thanksgiving. And by the time you get there, you're praising God. I'm going to give you an assignment next time, next week. I won't, I, I, I'm going to try to stay around the floor. I'm going to have some people listening. I won't hear anything but thanksgiving when you come in there next week. So be ready. Come in thanking God for something. When somebody asks you something, well, I just thank God that I'm alive. I thank God that it's cooling down. Whatever you got to think. So corporately, together. And then there's another part to that, and that's publicly. And you say, well, publicly, what do you mean? Well, it's living worship. It's being, our actions should worship God and should honor God. What we do, the way we do it, should honor God and should worship, should give him worship. Worship is what we said, respect and honor to God. So the way we live, the way we, we, we act at our jobs, the way we act um, going down the road, we all have to work on that when we're driving around Charlotte, right? Me especially. I've been working on that lately. Trying to really focus on being nice when I'm driving. <laughs> Those who ride with me say, thank God. And I was telling, I might have been Robert the other day, we were going somewhere, you know, they got these little hand holes, and I was saying, you know, when my mom, my mama would ride with me and I'd take her to Charlotte when she go to the doctor's house, she'd just hold on to that thing. And he said, everybody holds on to that when they ride with you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> So I have to work on that. Not that I mean, I just, you know, anyway. And I, thank, I always thank God for something. Starting tomorrow, does anybody know what the new law in South Carolina has just been passed and comes into effect tomorrow? Huh? Oh. Move over. Stay in the right lane. You'll get a ticket if you're running slow in the left lane and you're not passing somebody. <laughs> I see mine's clapping back there. In other words, wow, I think that's pretty cool myself. I mean, it's a four lane, and you know, anyway. But so publicly, we are to, um, in everything we do, like as I said, our jobs, when we come to church, when we're doing it, when we're, what, when we're in a restaurant, 
He said, well, what do you mean? Have you ever been in a restaurant with somebody that you went into the restaurant, maybe first time with that person, and the waitress does something they don't like, and you want to crawl under the table? I've been there. I'm like, Lord, help us. You know what I usually do? I try to slip that waitress some more money, let them know it wasn't me. <laughs> Everything we do is... is it, it, it. You know, most of the time, it's not even that waitress's fault. Food was late, whatever. It could be, but all I'm saying is we, if we need to act like God, we need to honor God in whatever it is we're doing. Amen? Every time, all the time. Every time. You know, and it takes sometimes some biting your tongue or your lips, you know, especially in some places. It's worse than others. It's just different. But you know what? There's all kinds of things that we need to do to publicly worship God. We do it personally, as I said, privately, in the privacy of our home or our closet or, you know, whatever. And then in church here and then in our everyday living or everyday life. I want you to know worship doesn't just stop here. I believe privately it goes from privately, that's the beginning. Then in here, it's another beginning. And then when we get out there, it's another beginning. So when you come back in here the next week, you're really excited. So worshiping God is not just one thing. And another thing it does, continual worship keeps us in fellowship with God. If we're continually worshiping, we're continually fellowshipping with him. It tunes us to hear his voice and to hear what he has to say to us. Well, I don't hear God's, I don't ever hear God say nothing to me much. How much time are you spending with him? Are you continually worshiping him? Are you continually fellowshipping with him? See, Jesus came and he knew what he came for. And he knew that when he left, he was going to leave his Holy Spirit that would dwell in all of his. It wouldn't just be those who were around him, it would be everywhere, and that they would learn what worship was. He, in um, John 4, starting in verse 19, this woman looks at Jesus, and he's, she's, I mean, looks at him, but she's heard him. She's heard, she said, Sir, you must be a prophet. So she could tell by what he was saying, he had to be from God, right? He had to be a prophet, he had to be something. She says, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship. Jesus replied, you know, it's also, see when Jesus said, I only speak what I hear the Father speak. So Jesus was continually, he had to be continually worshiping God and fellowshipping with God. He was living in this human body. Yes, he had a spirit. Yes, he was Jesus, but he's continually listening. So he's immediately, God gives him what to say. He says, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no matter, no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. So because it, it, there's a, right now it's not, but there's a time coming, it's not going to make any difference. He's saying when I'm gone and when I've sacrificed my life and when I've spilt my blood on the altar of God and I have become that perfect lamb sacrifice, there's no need for us to get, you don't have to come to the temple to worship anymore. Because it's going to be on the inside of you is what he's saying. He says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. While we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. In other words, he's saying, I'm here. It's coming, but I'm really already here. When true worshipers will worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, and those who worship him, worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Again, in spirit and truth. So he said, I'm here. And if you really want to know how to worship God, just hang out. The spirit's coming when I leave. 
And you're going to know how to worship. And to worship him, you'll be worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Not just the word. Worshiping him in spirit. See, Jesus basically was saying this. Since he came and he's going to leave the spirit. In other words, you can worship him all the time then. You can worship him at home. You can worship him going down the street. You can worship him in the temple too. So he's saying everywhere, since I'm leaving my spirit with you, you're going to be able to worship him all the time. Could you imagine that the only time you could worship was when you came here? And some people feel that way still, unfortunately, and that's what they do. They feel they can only worship God. And then, the, 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 then when they get out into the world and doing things, they have this problem. Because they don't realize I can worship him anytime. I don't have to be in church and put on my whatever and you know, grab what it's it's different. You know, we seem to think, well, you know, it's those who hold the hymn. It's not. It's those who come in and do the praise and worship song. Whatever it is, you think that's the only time you can really worship God. And that's not worship. That's part of worship. But Jesus gave us his spirit. We can worship him all the time. So they think that the only place you worship is at church or in a gathering of believers and you know, we're missing out on so much if we don't realize we can worship him personally all the time. And you, can you imagine if everybody does that when they come together to worship, how much more to worship would be? You know what I'm saying? How we're all excited. We already know how to worship. We're just giving him praise. Because through the spirit of God, we have access to the father anytime. Any place. You can be in the, like Paul and Silas, like they're under the street. You know, the prisons were in the gutter, basically. They're under the street, they're in there, but they had access to the Father, right? And they begin to praise Him and give Him glory and honor and, and thank Him, not for where they were at, but for the fact that He was with them. And guess what happened? They got delivered. And the, the jailer guy that, you know, you, so a lot of people don't know what a jailer is because it's different nowadays, but a jailer is one who keeps the jail. And usually his family was there. When I was a, a kid, my great uncle was the jailer in Lancaster, at the Lancaster County Jail. He lived there. His family lived there. They cooked the food. They took care of the prisoners. That's what this guy did. But guess what? When, this, when they saw what Paul, when they saw what they were doing, They all got saved. They saw God do something awesome. And the fact that, that just because their shackles were gone, they didn't leave, it witnessed to them. So we have access to, to God our Father anytime, anywhere, through the Spirit of God. And then he says the Spirit and truth. Well, you know what the truth is? Let me give you a little definition I got. The, the truth is that which agrees with final reality. You say, well, what does that mean? What's final reality is what the word of God says. It's not what's going on. It's not what's happening. Yeah, the word is, the word's truth and it is reality. There's facts and truth. It's a fact that this is happening. It's a fact I'm in the middle of this. It's a fact that my body's sick. But the truth is what God's word says about my situation. He says he's with me to the ends of the earth. He's always with me. He's always, it's what, the truth is what God says. It's a fact that I was a sinner, but the truth is now I've been delivered, set free. All my sins, past, present, and future, were, were forgiven through Jesus Christ. So God, through Jesus, has set us free from bondage, from slavery, from from. Uh, sickness and disease and from um, our sins. He set us free. He has set us free. In other words, we're not we are not um, it's, it's, the word's not coming to me. But it, we're not um brought out by that. We're not recognized by that. We're recognized by who Jesus is in our life. In other words, you know, it, it doesn't define us. 
Those things don't define us. Those things do not, that's who you are. No, it's, it's what God's word says and what he says about us. That's what gives you peace in the middle of a storm. That's what delivers you in the middle of the storm. That's what sets you free is knowing who you are in Christ, knowing what the word of God says about you. Psalms 34, starting in verse one, says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Here's that continually again, right? I will constantly speak his praises. I will constantly, not sometimes, not when I feel like it, not when it looks good, not just when I get to church, not just when I'm at home. I will do it all the time. I will constantly speak his praises. And I will boast only in the Lord. In other words, I will say the only reason, the only way I'm here where I'm at today is because of what God has done for me, what Jesus has done. That's where our boasting should be. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. So that comes back into that corporate worship. Let's exalt his name together. Let's tell everybody about how great God is. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. He set me free. He freed me from all my fears. I want to read this passage from John chapter 4 in the Passion Translation. Because, you know, it's really good to see and, and, and to know how, you know, there, when you go into the word and, and you go into the Hebrew and, and some of it's Aramaic, you go into some of that and you're like, this is, you have to realize the times and what that means. Listen to this. Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you will worship the Father neither on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship, but the Jews worship out of our experience. What he's kind of saying there is you're going to learn this and you're going to begin to worship him because you've experienced me. You've experienced this. Now you know really how to worship him. And I'll, I'll say that goes even further. The more you worship him, the more experience you have in worshiping him and the more you'll be able to do it anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Amen. For it's from the Jews that salvation is available. From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. Isn't that awesome? It won't be the place, it's the heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. He longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and truth. So he's, what he's saying is that there's going to be a time when the spirit is living in you that you won't have to be in a certain place to praise him. You won't have to be in a certain place. You won't have to be in a certain situation. Things won't have to be going great all the time. Things won't have to be the best they could be. You know, sometimes that's when we like to praise God. Man, everything's going great. We need to praise him when it's not going great. Because we've been positioned in him, not in that place. That doesn't define us. He defines us. His word defines us. His spirit defines us. His truth defines us. It makes us who we are. I want to read Psalms. I, this is not on the notes, so don't get excited. But I want you to listen. And you can go look it up later. This is Psalms 148, 1 through 14 in the Passion Translation. Because I think it's really awesome. And it brings out a lot of things. It says, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The psalmist starts out with hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He said, let the skies be filled with praise and the highest heavens with the shouts of glory. Go ahead. Praise him. All you messengers. Praise him some more. All you heavenly hosts. Keep it up, sun and moon. Don't stop now. <laughs> 
All you twinkling stars of light, take it up even higher, up to the highest heavens until the cosmic chorus thunders his praise. Let the entire universe erupt with praise to God. You know that when, when I believe when, when Jesus comes back, when that returning of him, the whole universe is going to burst. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? You can imagine the spirit person that I am, how it's going to feel, how it's going to be. It's going to be awesome. I can almost feel it now in some ways. He established the cosmos to last forever and he stands behind his commands so his orders will never be revoked. Let the earth join in with this parade of praise. In other words, we're going to be praising. Let the earth join in. You mighty creatures of the ocean's depths, echo and exultation, lightning, hail, snow, clouds, and the stormy winds that fulfill his word. Bring your melody. Everything. I mean, it's just going to be, I can, I can just kind of picturing that. Oh, mountains and hills, trees of the forest and field, harmonize your praise. Praise him, all beasts and birds, mice and men, kings, queens, princes, and princesses. Young men and maidens, children and babes, old and young alike, everyone, everywhere. Let them all join in with this orchestra of praise. Everything's going to be praising God. For the name of the Lord is the only name we raise. His stunning splendor ascends higher than the heavens. He anoints his people with strength and authority, showing his great favor to all his godly lovers, even to his princely people, Israel, who are so close to his heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, David was one who worshiped God with no boundaries, right? You know, he danced out in the street naked one time raising, praising God. How exuberant was that there ain't no boundaries there when you do something like that right there were no boundaries nothing held him back from worshiping God so don't put boundaries on your worship or on others well look how they worship well let them worship the way they want to worship amen If it's a true expression of worship, it's, it's what God wants. What's truly on the inside of you, the true expression of worship. The true expression of God's worship, of your worship to God. You know, we were made to worship him, right? We were made to give him praise. We were made to give him glory. We were made to give him honor. And we should do everything we can to give him praise and to worship him. I, um, I want to read this is what my friend, his name is Dale Campfield. He lives in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he wrote this this morning. You know, he, has it been two years ago? His wife went on to be with Jesus ahead of him. But he is the most, he, worship, he loves God so much. And I've watched him just grow in this. And he said, this is what he put on this. His worship is a choice. You know, you have to choose to worship. God's not going to make you worship. You know, I hear people say, Lord, just make me worship. Well, he, he's not going to, that's you. It's your choice to worship him. It's, that's what true worship is. A daily choice. Whether you're having a good or a bad day, it's still a choice. <laughs> Whether you feel like it or not, it's still a choice. The beauty of his majesty does not change according to your perceptions of life. Wow, what a statement. The beauty of his majesty does not change according to your perceptions of life, according to the way you look at it. He is worthy, period. It's the bottom line. He's worthy. He is holy, period. Join me today in worshiping him. Let us lift our hearts to him with thanksgiving, honor, and love. Father God, we worship you. Can I get an amen? That's what he said. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. You know, we, we need to be excited about Jesus this morning. I know there's things different people are going through, but I'm excited to worship him this morning. I'm excited about who he is. Let's stand this morning. I, and I want us to take a time and, and that we can just... 
I want you to express to him what you really feel about him this morning. As we're standing here, as we're worshiping him, as Kevin's playing the music, just close your eyes, lift your hands, lift your voices and just begin to praise him. I'm gonna turn my mic off so you can't hear me. So I won't overcrowd it, but I wanna hear people worshiping God and praising him. Tell him how much. the opportunity to worship you and to give you praise and to give you glory and to give you honor. I thank you, Father. Lord, just release your people this morning to be able to worship him. Release them, Lord. Let them go home and get in their private place and worship you. Let them come and hear and worship you. Let them be a worshipful light to the world around them as they carry out their jobs and their tasks and whatever it is you have them to do. As they meet people, people will see the glow of the Spirit in their life. People will see them excited. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you this morning. We praise you. Lord, I thank you that you are touching lives. Lord, I pray for all those who are sick this morning. Lord, that you touch their bodies. All those who are sad and maybe have some things going on that's not that they don't feel good about within themselves, but Lord, you just lift them up. Lift them up, Father God. Give, we give you praise this morning for you are worthy, God. <laughs> You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to receive honor and glory and power. Jesus, I thank you so much. And God, I tell you that, that I know that you are working on our behalf and situations. You're working on my behalf. And Lord, I, I believe we're going to see the, and I know you talk about the greatness. I, I believe we're going to see, if we begin to worship you, if we begin to do what you say, we're going to see the greatest revival around us that we've ever seen. We're going to pe see people coming to you. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we thank you in Jesus' name. For you alone are worthy. Amen? Hallelujah. Have a blessed day in Him. Amen?